Welcome to Between the Waves, the podcast all about how to create sustainable mental health to help you find a little bit of space between your waves. Hey everyone, it's Hannah here. Today is a solo episode and it is my ultimate guide to having a breakdown. Now, this episode should probably come with a bit of a warning. There's some stuff in here that may be triggering if you're not in a great place. So please do either give this one a miss or make sure that you're well supported and able to reach out for help if you need it. That being said, I'm going to try not to make it a complete downer because I'm trying to look back at this period of my life with a little bit of humour and a little bit of distance because otherwise... I find it too absorbing. It pulls me back into that place and that's somewhere I don't want to be. So probably the first thing to do is tell you that at the end of 2018, that's when I had my breakdown. There was no big dramatic moment. It wasn't this huge kind of collapse of everything in my life. It was just a gradual slide down into this pit of despair where I couldn't function My anxiety was a bit high because I was having to focus on what I was eating. Uh, I was doing an exclusion diet under the care of a dietitian. And I've always had a bit of a disordered relationship with food. And focusing in on what I eat is really not great for my mental health. Uh, So it started there, really. And the anxiety just kind of grew. You know, I stopped going out with friends or I started avoiding social occasions. And then I started avoiding everything you know, taking the kids to school became difficult. Picking them up, taking them to play dates or clubs became impossible. And then I stopped being able to eat, really. So that focus in on my food meant that eventually there was nothing I wanted to eat. I couldn't bear having to analyse everything I was putting in my body. So I just stopped. If I managed to eat anything, it was a piece of toast. And that was it, really. And then I couldn't sleep either, You know, it became this battle of desperately needing sleep, feeling so incredibly exhausted, but not being able to. And on the odd occasion, I drifted off to sleep, having these really vivid nightmares that would just see me awake and stressing in the middle of the night. And then that's when everything really went downhill, I think, when I stopped sleeping, because sleep is fundamental to everyone. There's a reason they use it as a torture method, isn't it? So I stopped sleeping and then... To put it plainly, I I cried all day. I I couldn't function. All I could do was sit and cry and shake. That was it. I was occasionally able to pretend to be fine if I had a work phone call to take or something like that. But I found it exhausting. I found it really difficult to deal with. And I worked from home because I couldn't obviously face the office and travelling in and seeing people. And I, I know I shouldn't have been at work. I really, really shouldn't have but I felt like clinging on to work was the one thing that was keeping me going. It was having that focus for a few days a week where I had to think about something else. I had to get my brain out of the fog and, you know, just bring myself back into the real world. It was so hard to keep working. You know, I'd finish a meeting over Skype I'd close off the camera and burst into tears because I was just so exhausted and it was so hard pretending. But that's what I was doing and that's what I was doing every day. And I did that for a good few months. And it was right before Christmas, like early December, when I just, you know, in my periods of not being able to sleep, I'd been 
weighing up my options, shall we say, and thinking about ways that I could make it stop. And yeah, I'd spent I'd spent a little a few nights doing that, and I I had a plan. I had a plan in place, and uh, I was waiting for the right situation in order to be able to carry out my plan to end my life. I knew somewhere inside me knew that that's not what I wanted, but I literally couldn't see another way out. I just couldn't. I couldn't go on like that, and I couldn't see any way of making it stop. Luckily, I have a super supportive family, and one day I broke down and told my mum everything. And you know, she she took me to the GP to try and get some help. Um, that was less successful than you might hope in that kind of situation. I essentially got sort of told, well, you can have some tablets and I'll stick you on a waiting list. Um, but, you know, you'll be fine sort of thing. Go and have a hot bath, I think she said, which was obviously just what I needed. Um, solves everything, right? So uh, so that that was not as we might hope. But everyone rallied around and you know, kept me safe, kept me kind of engaged with things, kept me busy when I needed to and just were there and were really supportive. So I am so lucky that I had that. And I think after a series of setbacks uh, from that first GP's visit, so, you know, a couple of appointments, a couple of assessments and, you know, reaching out for help to various places only to be knocked back or put on a ridiculously long waiting list, I got really angry And I think that's what saved me because, you know, you could easily just give up all hope at that point. But it's my kind of natural preference to turn these things into anger. And that's what got me through. I got really angry at the fact that no one was who was supposed to help. All of the professionals weren't helping. And that basically I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm going to have to bloody well do it myself then, aren't I? And prove you all wrong because I'm not sitting here waiting for you to pull your finger out and decide that you're actually going to help me. Um, the system is broken and I'm not going to be a victim of that. And that is that anger really that kind of that channeled me into my next thing. I'm, I'm not saying it was easy because it really wasn't, you know, I, I, still, I still wasn't functioning. So it was still tiny, tiny baby steps every day you know, literally starting from zero, doing the smallest thing each day to try and help, you know, standing outside my back door or having a cup of tea on a sunny window ledge somewhere. Really tiny steps every day. I started writing at that point. I wrote every day for 100 days. I set myself a challenge because I work best if I have some parameters to operate within. So uh, like my cycling challenge for this year, I set myself 100 days. If you write every day for 100 days, you know, and see and see where you're at, that, that's the plan, Hannah. You crack on with that. And so that's what I did. Just five or 10 minutes of writing every day. It didn't, you know, it wasn't some great work of fiction or anything like that. It was literally just how I was feeling, what I'd been up to, if I'd noticed anything or if I'd learned anything about how I could help myself in that day, then I jotted it down. And I just did that every day. That was my first real focus, my first real step towards recovery. I really, I struggled to meditate. I struggled to do mindfulness and all of those sorts of things, which I know are, you know, they're research proven to help. So my goodness, if you can, please do crack on. And I am actively working on improving it at the moment. But writing was something that I've always loved. And so that's where I started. As I was looking back, you know, I was writing every day for 100 days and you do see changes day in, day out of, you know, I had some real 
real dips, even within that quite low bar that I would set myself. I had some real dips and I had some better days. And it was about kind of, for me, it was using that writing to track how I was doing. So I learned really quickly that I could have a little bit of time where I was either seeing someone in a social situation or I was I went out somewhere but then I'd need recovery time and I quickly kind of built in that pattern and then sort of I don't know it was towards the end actually and I was reviewing what I'd written I was going back over it and I realized that I'd come up with this formula and I hadn't you know obviously hadn't done it intentionally but I'd come up with this formula that I'd naturally kind of gravitate towards whenever things were dipping again that formula was the is the three r's so very briefly, the first R is rest. So yes, sleep, really important, but also rest time. Time when you don't have to have your mask on for somebody else. Time when you don't have to be working on your to-do list or doing something else. Just real time to calm your head. Whatever that looks like for you, you know, for me that is just sitting quietly with a cup of tea or going for a walk outside. Sometimes if I'm in a better place, it's crafting, if I can do something like that, those sorts of things. But find whatever works for you that gives your mind that rest. And then the second one is regroup. So find those activities that help you kind of put the pieces of yourself back together. This could be things like watching something on TV that makes you feel good or that lets you have a really, really good cry and get it all out, because then you always feel better after a good cry. It could be, you know, having a cup of tea with a friend, or going for a walk, you know, whatever that looks like, just to help you feel whole again, or at least that you're working towards that whole feeling. And then the third R is refocus. So these are activities that help you visualise where you want to be getting to. So for me... Things that come into this bracket are things like I love a TED talk. So either watching the TED talk or reading the transcript of a TED talk that you find inspirational. I love a documentary, so something like that that inspires me to take the next step or push myself a little bit out of that comfort zone. And it could be that you work a little bit towards a goal that you're working towards. So do a few social media posts for a business that you're trying to start or, or something like that. Just a few steps to help you hone back in on that visualisation of, yeah, this is, this is the life I want to be leading. This is where I want to get to. This is it. You know, that real visualisation. So that's it. Rest, regroup and then refocus. And of course, repeat as necessary. Every time a wave hits me, that's what I gravitate towards. And that's what gets me through each time. It's a really simple process. And once you've found your activities for each of those categories, you've got it there ready to use whenever you need it. One of the things that I did as part of my recovery within that 100 days was I went on a surf lesson. And that was with a fab organisation called Recovery Devon. Uh, I think there are versions of this across the country, but not very many. Um, And it's fantastic. So Recovery Devon is awesome. It has loads of opportunities for you to participate in courses, either one-off or, you know, a a few sessions over a number of weeks to do a huge variety of things. Uh, And I chose surfing because I love the beach, I love the sea, and I felt pulled towards it. So that's what I went for. And it was fab. You know, obviously, I was terrified. I'm really anxious and really struggled to kind of get myself there on that day. 
But knowing that it was part of a recovery program, that everybody I'd be surfing with was in a similar position, everyone had had their own ups and downs and their own struggles, made me feel safer. It made it feel more accessible to me. And I knew that, you know, the instructors that were going to be teaching us already knew that we were coming from a place of struggle and would need gentle tuition rather than judgy tuition. And so that really helped. That two-hour lesson where I was just chucking myself in the sea and obviously spent most of my time under the water um, and falling off. But it was fantastic. I felt refreshed. I felt exhausted, but in a good way for once. And it, it was really enlightening for me to find that actually that two hours of activity was completely mindful. I was entirely focused on what the waves were doing and then what my body was doing. My brain didn't have chance to run off in a million different directions with all of the catastrophic thoughts that it normally has and all the what ifs and all the, oh my God, I'm so terrible, everyone's laughing at me. You know, I didn't have time for any of that because it was just, right, I've got to do this. I've got These are the steps I need to take to try and stand up. Oh, I'm in the water again. You know, it was just... It was fantastic and it's just what I needed and that's why I've carried it on. I know I can't do it every day, unfortunately, I wish I could. Here's to live by the sea, right? But I try and go every week if I can. So it's that time for me every week where I don't have to think about stuff. I don't have to share myself with anybody. I don't have to worry about what's going on, what anyone else is doing. I can just focus on me and the waves. And that is absolute bliss. And the more I go, the more that feeling lasts, the longer it lasts after the surf and before all the noise crowds in again. You know, it's not just a case that I get out of the water now and it all hits me. You know, I can I can get through the rest of the day maybe, or maybe into the next day. And even then it doesn't crowd in quite so quickly. And it's it's really noticeable for me now how far I've come in my recovery. But it's what's, what I really want to say I really do believe that there's no such thing as recovered. It's not this end goal that you're going to achieve where you're like, I'm great, I'm absolutely fantastic, life is perfect, I'm never going to struggle again. I just honestly don't believe that anybody gets there. I think what we can achieve with the three R's and with looking after ourselves in that holistic way is that we can just achieve bigger patches of calm between the waves and that for me is the goal and it's about it's daily practice what are the things that I can do to help improve the periods of calm to help make them bigger and to make the waves less impactful when they come so there are a number of things that help me with this and the biggest one by far is acceptance it's accepting that anxiety is part of my life that depression is probably always going to be a part of my life too and that that's okay You know, I said in an earlier podcast, anxiety is my superpower. And that's really how I'm trying to view that. Anxiety is my body's way of telling me this path isn't right for you. And that's what I'm trying to tune into and keep with me every day. It's not easy. None of this stuff is easy. I'm not trying to make light of it at all. But it is possible. It takes work. It takes daily work for me at the moment. You know, I still get angry. Why me? All of that kind of stuff. But I don't want to be that person. That's not where I want to live my life. So I actively try and switch my mindset to one of acceptance. And yeah, you know, part of that for me is medication. I take medication every day. I've tried to come off it. 
it was not a good idea. Um, and I'll go more into that another day. But this is a really particular phenomenon, I think, for mental health medication. The goal always seems to be to be meds free. For some people, that's absolutely entirely possible and, and great. But for others, it's that acceptance of, do you know what, I'm always going to need to take this, or I'm going to need to take this for much longer than I ever anticipated I'd need to. But that's okay because it helps me to do all of the other things that I need to do to keep myself well. Without medication, I wouldn't be sleeping, because I've always been a terrible sleeper, and that's what the medication primarily does for me. But because I get that decent sleep most of the time, I'm much more able to wake up and think mindfully about my day. So I start my day thinking about things that I'm thankful for, and thinking about how I want my day to go the important things I want to focus on for myself in terms of my recovery and my journey. Today, do I want to try doing some meditation? How am I going to get my exercise today? Is it, am I going to go outside for a walk? Am I going to get some fresh air? All of those sorts of things. That's what the medication does for me. I'd love to be able to say that's okay. I still am not at that point yet. I'm going to be really honest. I'm not at that point. I still feel like I don't want to have to take medication every day. But I know I need to. And it's okay for now. And that's where I am. And it's okay to be in that place. It's okay not to be fine with everything. Because let's face it, some of it's really shit. And that's okay. The other thing that really helps me is finding that inner strength. So when I meditate, when I surf, what I'm connecting into is my inner strength. It's that gut instinct that enables me to say no to things when they're not right. It's that niggle that says, oh, this isn't right for you, don't go there. Or that feeling when your stomach just drops, when you've said yes to something, and then your stomach drops and you're like, oh gosh, I really don't want to do that. Being able to recognise that, take notice of that, and put it into practice more in my life. So saying no to those things that really aren't for me, or aren't for me right now. And saying yes to more things that are, obviously. (laughs) And fundamentally, it's about finding a way to give yourself the courage to face every day. Because some days are going to be really bloody difficult. You're going to have ups and downs. And those downs can be really low. And you need that well of courage. So again, this is that inner pool of strength that helps me. I fought through those 100 days by the skin of my teeth. And I've done it. You know, I'm still here. And actually, when I think about how far I've come, it's phenomenal. And it's a marvellous achievement that I never thought I'd get to and I'm really really proud of myself for doing that and every day I'm proud of myself for something because that helps to build my courage it helps to make me resilient against the days that are hard it might even be something really small like I took my kids to this massive birthday party and I find them really stressful they're a sensory overload for me I find parties really hard but some days I, you know, you have to do it, you can't kids. And I did it. And I felt really proud of myself. Some days I'm proud of myself because I managed to drag myself out of bed and into the shower. You know, there's a whole spectrum here of things that you can be proud of. And that's great. It's about noticing those things. The smallest of things, the biggest of things. Notice them. Congratulate yourself for them. And take the next step forward. And so whilst there's no real happy ending to this... A breakdown for me has helped me really evaluate my life. It's helped me change the focus of my days and the focus of my longer term kind of vision for myself. And it's helped me realise that I was on a path that wasn't right for me. And there were things in my life that weren't meant for me. 
and those are the things I've let go. And so actually, it's been really helpful because I now feel much more connected to myself and to my journey. And that's a blessing. So although I don't recommend everyone goes and has a breakdown uh, in order to find your right path, but I think there are lessons that everyone can take from the experience in terms of connecting with yourself you know, the three R's as a mechanism for keeping yourself in balance, keeping yourself well and on the right path, finding those activities, finding that dream that you need to connect to, to aim for in your life, to have something to focus on and congratulate yourself for and be courageous to achieve. Anyway, I hope that wasn't too much of a downer and that you've learned some things to take with you and put into practice in your own life. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it's ready and to help other people find us. See you next time.